This is Alexa from the Sachem East class of 2020, and you're listening to the Chicken Nugget Day podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nugget Day podcast with me, Justin Cellini. On this week's show, we're going to conclude our three-part series on cooking with three more interviews, so I won't spend too much time talking. If you haven't already done so, I'd recommend checking out episodes four and five so that you can get to hear all the different benefits of preparing your own food. Since the last show, I have opened up a Twitter account for the podcast, and the handle on Twitter is at ChickenNugCast. Please feel free to give me a follow if you use Twitter, and I'll definitely follow you back. It's my hope that once the show starts building more of a following, I can start reaching out to places like Wendy's and McDonald's to hopefully sponsor a chicken nugget eating competition sometime in the fall. So please follow the show on Twitter, and if you could write a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts, that would also be much appreciated. As always, please feel free to reach out to the show if you have questions that you would like answered, or if you have a great idea for a topic on a future show. I am always looking for more people to interview. You can email the podcast at chickennuggetdaycast at gmail.com, or you can message me on my Cellini 2020 Instagram page. After a quick break, we're going to hear from Chanel Medina, who is a former student of mine who just graduated from Sagem East. This is Mrs. Melandro, and you're listening to the Chicken Nugget Day podcast. Chanel Medina. So most importantly, as always, with every interview, I need to know what your favorite chicken nugget is. This might be a little controversial, but I'm going to have to go with the Chick-fil-A nuggets. Oh, finally. Someone's different. Okay, tell me why. So I just feel like the best sauce would be the avocado lime ranch dressing. That sounds phenomenal. And that's just like a whole, that's, it's a new game changer. Like it just elevates so it. It's just amazing. What's in the sauce again? Avocado and what? Avocado lime ranch. Ooh. Now do you, so when you go there, do you get, cause I heard they have like just grilled nuggets. Do you get the grilled or the breaded? Like, what do you do? I get the breaded ones. I've never had the grilled nuggets before. Yeah. To me, that's not a chicken nugget. Like a chicken nugget's gotta have the breading. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. What if you were to take a Wendy's nugget with that Chick-fil-A sauce? Would that elevate it further? Or are you standing firm behind the Chick-fil-A nugget? I'm standing with a Chick-fil-A nugget. Interesting. Okay. I'm glad. We get some diversity of opinion. That's good. Because everyone keeps saying (laughs) Wendy's and, you know, it's getting boring. I'm like getting to a point where I might not even bother asking the question anymore if everyone's just going to say Wendy's, you know? so. I hope no one has said uh, McDonald's. Um, No, no one has said McDonald's yet. All right. Unless it's like a five-year-old, then it's acceptable. But like. I, I would agree with that. Yes. No, I would say most people are saying Wendy's. I had one vote for Burger King only for bang for the buck purposes. You get a lot for the money, but yeah. you're, you're the first vote for the Chick-fil-A. So I'm going to have to, I'm trying to think where the nearest Chick-fil-A is. Isn't there, isn't there one by East? Uh, in Port Jeff. In Port Jeff. That's right. I'm 347. I'll have to venture up over there. That's my old stomping grounds when I was a kid. Um, cool. Sounds good. All right, yeah. so you've officially escaped Sachem East, kind of, sort of. I feel like you've probably escaped <laughs> back in March. It's been a while since we've been in the building. but um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing now that you've left Sachem East. Um, so I'm going to be attending Norwich University in the fall, and I'll be a part of the Corps of Cadets. Um, Norwich, do... that's Virginia, right? No, Vermont. Vermont, okay. Yeah, in Northfield. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to do... I, I'm going to go army. That's I'm awesome. going to go army. I need to know, um, like, I, I think people also need to know this. Like what inspired you to want to join the armed forces? Um, here's the thing. I have not decided to join yet. Okay. So I'm going to do four years of ROTC and mm-hmm. at my, you know, like the end, when I graduate, I'll decide if I want to um, go in as an officer or just uh, continue the law enforcement route sure so for those who don't know could you like um explain the rotc acronym like what is that exactly um it's like a reserved officer training course okay gotcha so 
it's basically uh, the best way to explain it is um, you do PT, you do field days, which is where you go out and you train like with um, the weapons and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they kind of like teach you how to be out there on your own in case you do want to join. Interesting. Um, Cool. So it's almost like, uh, I don't know, like how would you equate it? Like an army internship, kind of see if you like it or not before you commit to it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I, I bet you a lot of people don't even know that that's an option. That's really cool. Um, I know that you do get a scholarship for doing it. Oh, wow. It's they're competitive though, because there's a lot of people reaching out for it. Um, and what does that, figured, what does that depend upon? Like your grades in high school or, uh, your, gr- yeah, your grades. Okay. Yep. Really, yeah. Cool. Um, and I just figured I'd try it out for a bit, see if I like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And worst case scenario, I don't enlist, but I still have that, that training and that background, yeah. which hopefully will help me out in the years to come. Sure. Being in Vermont is cool too. It's really pretty up there. I think you're going to like it. Yeah, I hope so, because I actually haven't even been there yet. No, you will. It might get a little bit cold in the wintertime. <laughs> and when I oh, say yeah. might, I'm, gonna, I'm I'm pretty much guaranteeing it. But uh, oh, yeah. do you like skiing at all or is that not really your thing? Um, or snowboarding? I haven't been, but I would I would have to. Yeah, you would definitely out. have to give it a try. It, it, yeah. you'll, might, you'll have some fun. It'll be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so I didn't even really know until you reached out to me that you were so into cooking and baking. So why don't you tell us what you enjoy about cooking? Um, let's see. So I do have two younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, they drive me crazy. But <laughs> sure. I would watch um, like the Food Network <laughs> growing yeah. up. And there was just like certain things that like I wanted to try out and that my mom uh, didn't really know how to do. She wasn't really big on baking. Okay. So she kind of just like let me test it out for myself. Right. Um, So I would start little by like making chocolate chip cookies, like the ones that come uh, in the in the pack. Like the the pre-made dough and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I ate some of that. Not a good idea. Don't do that. So good, though. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I would just like start like that. I made I made treats first, like cupcakes and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff for kids that they would enjoy for sure. Um, And then it just got like bigger. (laughs) Um, I made my brother's cake one year instead of buying it. I was just like, let me just try it out. Yeah. And it worked out well. So I just kept doing that. so yeah. would you classify yourself as more of a baker than a cook? Do you do, do you do any cooking too, or mostly baking treats and stuff? Oh, mostly cooking. I'm a big oh, pasta oh, okay. fan. Gotcha. Huge with pasta. Okay, so what do you enjoy about this? Because what I'm trying to illustrate for people is that like there's a lot of side benefits to cooking. Yes, sure. Um, when you make something, you have something to eat. But do you get any personal satisfaction out, out of the process? It's honestly like kind of therapeutic. Yeah, I would agree. Um, How so? You know, you like have the kitchen to yourself and you don't have to necessarily, there's no right way or wrong way. So you can do whatever you'd like. If that makes sense. You can make it your own. You can make it your own. Like you can like substitute ingredients or yeah. Or like you could just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but like, yeah, it leaves a lot of room for like creativity. It's Mm -hmm. calming. You throw on some music, Sure. you know, you just, you get your groove on. And you yeah. throw down. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Cool. All right. So mostly cooking. So tell me about some of the things you enjoy cooking. Oh, I'm huge with pasta. I yeah. love pasta. So what if you had to like choose one pasta dish to make, what would it be? Uh, penne alla vodka. Nice. Nice. You make that yeah. a lot? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I grew up in an Italian household and my mom made pasta all the time, but like she never made penne alla vodka. I'm not sure why that wasn't part of her repertoire, but uh, I do love it. It's really good. It's very good. I actually um, don't use like the the canned tomatoes or the canned sauce. Oh, you're really I, hardcore, huh? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I buy my own pasta, like the Barilla, sure. um, but... My favorite types of tomatoes are wild cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah. So I cut those up in like halves Mm -hmm. and let them simmer in some olive oil with some minced garlic and then kind of like crush them. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I add in some heavy whipping cream 
which gives it that like pink color yeah uh and then just add you know whatever spices i'm feeling if i'm feeling a little adventurous that day a little (laughs) more red pepper flakes yep uh and then just put the pasta into it mix it up and then plate it yeah i remember being a kid like my mom was really old school with a tomato sauce like she would also not get the jar she would get the fresh tomatoes and like crush them up and it was like completely and totally from scratch and you really notice a difference like those canned tomatoes they tend to come with a lot of sodium and that kind of kills some of the taste so that's really cool that's really authentic now is that something that like you learned from a recipe or have you just been experimenting over the years i've just been experimenting you know um I kind of like a rustic way of cooking, a mm-hmm. rustic style of cooking. Um, right. I do that with my baking, like with my apple pie. I don't necessarily um, do the nice little lattice pie. I kind of just throw it all together, scoop of ice cream, caramel drizzle, and it just tastes good. Yeah, so if so, it tastes good, I'm fine. Yeah. Would you say that you are, you started out with the experimentation or maybe did you like look up a, an original recipe or two and then just kind of make it your own over time? I followed recipes first, like definitely mm-hmm. with box mix. I yep. followed it. And then, um, I changed a few things. I noticed that when I bake, like with box mix, I don't use, um, oil. I just substitute like milk and butter for that. And it just oh, gives it so a whole, much better. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel better. like you add butter to anything, it's going to make it better. Same thing with bacon. Maybe I'm crazy. Oh, but. yeah. Yeah, bacon, <laughs> anything. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so let's assume for a second that, like, you were put on the spot, because I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. If you <laughs> needed to write down and share this penne alavaca recipe, would you be able to do it for us? Yeah. Awesome, because I would love to put that in the show notes. If you can take some time out of your day and, like, write down how you would make that, I think people would be interested. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Okay, so penne is like your your specialty. So let's assume for a second that someone's listening and like maybe they're looking to get into this cooking thing as a hobby. Let's say they have like zero experience. Like what would you recommend somebody do if they want to get into either cooking or baking or like try something out for the first time and almost have a guaranteed success story? Um, Honestly, I would like with pasta, you would mm-hmm. just cook it however you'd like some people like it al dente some people like it kind of chewy or not so you do whatever you like on that end and i would just look up a recipe that you'd like and if you don't like certain things in there you could always take them out or even try how the recipe is and then you'd know for next time you like it or not so what would be Um, like if i'm gonna look up a recipe what would be a good beginner dish you think for somebody And, and the last time i talked to somebody we said um macaroni and cheese is a good be- is a good beginner dish for somebody what what do you think would be a, a good like starter recipe honestly mac and cheese is yeah. a very good one yep i agree very good you could even elevate it oh yeah tell us how to it. elevate it go ahead give us some ideas you would bake it um mm-hmm. what i do is i boil my noodles um a little undercooked yep because it's going to get mixed in and it's going to get baked and you don't want them to be like soggy sure. or too soft. I like a little chew Me too, in yeah. my noodles. So then while that's boiling, I would just um, start up a little roux, which is um, one part flour, one part fat, I use butter. Yep. Um, whisk that up. Add some and the milk. roux is what like thickens up the cheese sauce, right? Yeah, it thickens yes. up anything. A roux is a, is a great way to thicken up anything. Yeah. Um, and then shred, I don't like shredded cheese, like yes. pre-shredded you cheese. You gotta, you gotta shred it yourself. Cause yeah, it, otherwise it does not yourself. melt the right, the right way. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you could mix up cheeses, any cheese you'd like, yep. and then put that into the saucepan with the roux, let it thicken up, butter your, um, your baking pan mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, pour all that stuff in. And then at the end, like as you're pouring it in. Add breadcrumbs. Yes, gotta have the breadcrumbs. Agreed. Breadcrumbs. Do you ever put like and, tomato uh, inside the mac and cheese? That's probably pretty good. Tomato? Try that? Yeah. I haven't tried. No, I haven't tried that yet. I don't know. It, it just came to me. I feel like that might taste good. You know, just breadcrumbs and uh, more shredded cheese on top, and then bake it for like thirty minutes. Get it, get it crispy, 
and uh, the edge piece. That's the best piece. Like the corners or like just anything around the side of the pan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's crispiest. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So mac and cheese seems to be like the, uh, the go-to for a, for a starter recipe. I, I would have to concur with that. Now, do you like, I don't know, a lot of people draw myself included. I kind of, I follow a few people on YouTube to get ideas, mm-hmm. especially cause I like, I like cooking gadgets. I'm the guy that has the air fryer, the instant pot, the oh, crock yeah, pot. So I like love my air fryer. me too. I'm always looking for new ways to kind of use that. I did a corn on the cob, corn on the cob the other day on the air fryer and oh, wow. uh, came out really good. Um, is there anybody on YouTube that you follow or you kind of just do your own thing? Um, on YouTube that I follow, I can't say I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I just get cookbooks. Cool. Cookbooks. Is there and, one that um, like your, that's your favorite that you could recommend or there's just so many it's hard uh, to know. I think it's a little old, but it was one of the Rachel Ray cookbooks. Okay. Rachel Ray. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's an all time favorite, yeah. but if I'm like honest, I spent a little too much time on TikTok yeah um as we all do and some of my recent like creations have come from there yeah like the um the buffalo cauliflower in the air fryer i don't know if you've tried that yet no you got to share that with us that sounds awesome oh it really is uh basically just cut your your cauliflower into Mm -hmm. bite-sized pieces okay um and uh you make your, your buffalo sauce with Frank's hot and butter in a saucepan. Nice. Okay. Uh, toss that into the uh, the cauliflower. And then you would have to do an even layer of cauliflower because you don't want it to overcrowd. Yes. Mm-hmm. You lay it down in the air fryer, 10 minutes, flip them, five more minutes, and then uh Yeah, I'm making that tonight. Layer. That sounds insane. That's it's awesome. really – and it's healthier. Yeah. You know? no, no doubt. I find that's the one disadvantage with the air fryer is that you do have to limit how much you put in there. And they're, they all tend to be kind of small. So if you're cooking for more than two people, it could take a while to crank out a lot of food. But um, I'm always pretty happy with the results. Even like fried chicken. I can make a really good fried chicken in the air fryer. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I do um, like sauteed zucchini, not sauteed, but like air fried zucchini yep. and uh, squash and eggplant in there. Good stuff, right? 10 minutes mixed it up with some spices and it's amazing do you like do you use a drop of oil I, I tend to be using the spray oils a lot in the air fryer that seems to work best for me um i haven't tried any of those i kind of just mix in a little bit of olive oil yes. mm-hmm. into it and just pour it down yep into the air fryer and it turns out fine but i do want to try this um the spray avocado oil i heard Ooh, that one's good that sounds awesome yeah i didn't even know that you can get that in a can that's cool yeah, you can get anything in a can. These yeah, days. you know, I tend to like I, my options tend to be limited. I, I shop at only like Aldi for my groceries and they don't oh, have okay. like all the fancy things. So I might have to go to a regular food store one of these days yeah. and uh, see what I'm missing out on. Awesome. That sounds great. That concludes my interview with Chanel. I wish you all the best this fall when you start college. Next, I'm going to sit down and have a chat with another former student of mine. Francesca Carbone sat in my economics and criminal justice classes during my first year of teaching over 10 years ago. Let's find out what she has been up to since then and the role that cooking plays in her life. So Francesca Carbone, welcome to the Chicken Nugget Day podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been, I guess, like over 10 years now since I've spoken to you like kind of in person. It's kind of strange, huh? I know it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, so Time. you had the unfortunate pleasure of having me my very first year as a teacher. So, yes. how terrible was I? Be completely brutally honest. Oh my god, you were not terrible at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you were great. I remember our class being like, I mean, I remember you first starting out, like introducing yourself, and you're like, "All right, this is my first year. Like, we're gonna have a great year," <laughs> right. you know. But honestly, it was a good class. So you were, yeah, you were stuck with me for like, for economics and criminal justice, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Two times. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. So I got to know, like what, you escaped Sage and Me's over 10 years ago. What have you been doing since then? 
Oh man. Um, I know that's a, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. I 10 know. years worth of stuff. So <laughs> did years. you, did you end up going to a college? Did you jump right into working? Like how did that go down for you when you left? Well, I, so I didn't go to college. I actually went to a trade school because um, mm-hmm. I'm a hairdresser, I'm a hairstylist. So right. I, during high school, uh, my 11th and 12th grade year, I did uh, BOCES for cosmetology. Awesome. And um, that was in the, the East building itself, right? It wasn't. Um, oh, my it wasn't. Okay. Year, yeah. So after 12th grade, that's when they had moved it to. I got gotcha. um, Yes, I remember. Um, mm-hmm. But I went to BOCES and, um, you know, like I said, it was a two year program. Yep. And I did that while I was in high school. So after I graduated high school, I graduated from BOCES and, uh, you know, I took my tests and everything, passed my first time. I got licensed. And then that's when I started working at um, a salon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I really wanted to do for my future. I love doing hair. I love make, making people feel beautiful, look beautiful. So I kind of, I knew that from early on, you know, even I was gonna before say that, like, I got into high school. You, you knew for a long time this is what you wanted? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's in my family, too. My aunt and oh, wow, um, my okay. cousin used to do hair. Yeah, gotcha. so I remember, like, growing up, I would look at them and be like, oh, my God, I want to do hair one day. Like, I love, you know, when you're finished doing a haircut or someone's color and you turn the chair around and they look at them and they're like, Oh my God, I, you know, you look good and you feel good. So See, I, I go to, I go to the lemon tree and I never get that feeling. Am I doing something wrong? Really? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't, you should come see me on my salon. <laughs> um, I probably should. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need but, someone um, no, who does everyone... like, I need a, a stylist who does a really good job of like covering up a bald spot. Like that's what yeah. I'm looking for. Listen, that's fine. <laughs> I know how to do that. Excellent. <laughs> I'll have to make an appointment. Yeah, definitely. Gemma, Ge- you're working at Gemini, right? That's what it's Gemini, called? Gemini, yes. Gemini Salon and Garden, and it's in this concept. Now, you only admit Geminis? Is that how that works, or? Yeah. Um, well, we. I mean, we say Gemini Salon, Gemini <laughs> oh, yeah. Salon and Garden. So it's not a problem, then, that I'm a Capricorn, you'll still let me come? No, yeah, no, that's fine. We, okay. I mean, we actually ask people what their sign is before. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Before <laughs> just kidding that's awesome (laughs) yeah one of the funniest things is that you know i had you over 10 years ago and then two years ago Mm -hmm. i had your brother in my global 10 class and i i didn't even know he was your brother he just comes up to me one day he's like did you have francesca carbone i'm like Uh? yeah i'm like yes he's like that's my sister i'm like what how what oh oh, that's awesome (laughs) i I was so caught off guard by that it it was it was really cool and it made sense because you're Mm-hmm. You were always super nice, and he's such a sweet kid, too. I was like, Aww. oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he told me. He's like, oh, you know, Mr. Cellini. I'm like, oh, my God, I had him. <laughs> I'm like, tell him I said hi. I'm like, I don't even know if he remembers me because it's been so long. But, no, I absolutely you do. Know? Yeah. yeah. I know. So funny. Yeah, so like, like you've probably heard in the last episode, I, I want to talk a lot about cooking and baking because maybe I'm yes. crazy, but I feel like this is a great hobby for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of, like side benefits to being involved in cooking like it's a good stress reliever it eases anxiety and i feel like if you have a good string of successes that i don't know it kind of makes you feel good and makes you feel like maybe you could take on more things am i am i totally nuts or is this kind of valid not at all i i love cooking and i 100 percent agree with you it is a stress reliever um i mean for me when i'm in the kitchen cooking like i'm doing my own thing yeah you know i just i don't know i get happy like just making dishes that I like, you know, it's like, I kind of forget about everything that's going on around me. And I don't know, that just makes my day like coming home. If I want to make myself something to eat, you know, I just do that. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it just makes me happy. Food makes me happy, you know? So, (laughs) So, yeah. So I, I know you cook a lot. So how, Mm -hmm. how did food become such an important thing for you? I, I feel like maybe I could be wrong, but for me, Growing up in like this Italian American household, it was just part of the culture. Like, food was just Definitely. everywhere, especially on the su- yes. you know the Sunday dinner was a big deal in my house. Was that similar for you? Definitely. Um, both of my parents, uh, they are Sicilian, so okay. You know, growing up, um, you know, both my mom and my dad, they're very, they're great at cooking, and that's who I learned it from. Both of them, and um, you know, I remember coming home from elementary school and. You know, my mom, she was, both of my parents were strict and my mom's like, listen, you know, sit at the kitchen table, do your homework when you're done, I'll come get you, um, you know, and you'll help me start cooking. So I remember just at a young age, just watching my mom cook and 
helping her and helping her cut certain stuff that, you know, was safe for me to cut as a, yep. a little, you know, little girl. And, you know, and same thing with my dad. My dad, um, he was in the food industry. Like, he owned, oh. um, yeah, growing up, we used to live in West Babylon, actually. And mm-hmm. um, growing up, he owned a pizzeria a couple blocks from us where we lived. And then um, he ha- ended up selling that and opening up another pizzeria in Merrick. So I was probably around eight or nine at the time that, you know, my mom would pick me up from school. I would go to the pizzeria and stay there, do my homework there, help my dad fold pizza boxes. And, you know, just being in that environment, like being in the kitchen and my dad would take me to work with him and stuff like that. So that's, I guess that's where I get it from, my passion for cooking. Sure. Um, And just watching them over the years, like make, these dishes and then like me like mentally i would put it in my head like okay this is how i should make it and you know things like that so it's definitely where i get it yeah from one of my good friends uh who you heard from in the last episode uh jason he worked in the food industry for a while and he said it was like incredibly mm-hmm. stressful did it, like did it take a toll on your dad working in the food industry all those years it did yeah, yeah. my dad i mean especially owning a pizzeria it's it's stressful you, you know you have to go to work early in the morning you have to prep all this food and then come when you close you're there another hour two hours cleaning up you know and by the time he would come home it's like i wouldn't really see him get to spend time with him and stuff like that i mean the only time i would spend time with him was me going to the pizzeria to help him out you know i can't even imagine because it's like the the food prep and and then the whole business side of it too if you're owning your own place that's gotta be definitely definitely Yeah. yeah yeah Cool. So what would be some of your favorite things to cook? So, I mean, I have a couple of things that I really like. It just comes natural to me. I mean, I could honestly, I want to say I could really make anything, like any type of dish. Um, But there was this one specific dish that I actually made for my mom um, for Mother's Day of this year that just passed. Mm -hmm. And So I got the recipe off of this um, video that I had just saw on Instagram, but I kind of like put my little spin on it. And the dish is called chicken a la romana. So basically it's chicken cutlet that's Mm -hmm. lightly fried, right? Right. And then when you're done frying it and things like that, you put it, you take like a baking pan, you put the chicken, you lay the chicken cutlets out. And on top of it, now you're layering all the chicken cutlets at this point you put prosciutto on the chicken cutlets well i like the way you say prosciutto can you say that again for us prosciutto (laughs) (laughs) awesome it's funny because i grew up in a household where everything was like mozzarella and manicotti like yeah yeah, i like hearing it like that that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) so um so but yeah with the chicken so you're putting prosciutto on the chicken you're putting provolone cheese tomatoes But then I added, um, you put like garlic and oil right on top. And then in the pan itself, you're putting chicken stock and white wine, Mm -hmm. cover it. You put it in the oven for like 10, 15 minutes. When that chicken comes out, it is the best chicken dish you will ever have. Sounds phenomenal. I was so impressed with myself because I was watching the recipe and I'm like, all right, let me see if I could like change it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I added, instead of doing, um, I think it was Asiago cheese, the recipe, it was provolone cheese. So it was a little bit softer. Right. Um, to me, Asiago cheese is very salty. Yes. So I added the provolone cheese and it was amazing. My family loved it. They're like, okay, this is great. Like you should open up your own restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll do hair and I'll cook at the same time. And doesn't that yeah, like, that kind of feedback <laughs> makes you feel good, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Especially when my family sang it. And I mean, I cooked it for my mom and obviously the rest of my family members. But my mom was like impressed. She's like, yeah. you know, everything I taught you over the years, like, it's great. Like, right. it stuck with it you. It means You're, more. Like, amazing. when I, if I cook something and like my mom's impressed with it, I know I did a good job because I know she knows food. So I know, I know yes. what you mean. Mm-hmm. So is yeah. that recipe something you could share with us? I'd love to post that. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, definitely. fantastic. Because I, yeah. I want to try making that. Yeah, what about, and it's easy. Yeah, I feel like based on the, the conversations I've been having, people seem to be either in the baking camp or the cooking camp. I'm having, yeah. I don't really talk to a lot of people that seem to love doing both. And me, myself, I, I don't like baking either. I probably shouldn't mm-hmm. anyway because I'm eating way too many Oreos. I got to lay off the sweets <laughs> for a while. But do you like baking too or are you more of a cook, you would say? Um, I mean, I 
love cooking more than yeah. baking. I feel like cooking, you know, you can't really mess up a dish with baking. You have to be precise. Yes. And I feel like that's where I get stuck because I'm like, all right, maybe if I add a little bit of this, but it's like with baking, no, like you literally have to follow, Yep. you know, every rule that they put out there. But no, I would go more with cooking. I mean, baking, I could make a birthday cake, put a little icing on it, make cupcakes up. That's good. Right. But making cookies from scratch, all this stuff, I'm like, I'd rather stick to Yeah, cooking. I just find it frustrating. <laughs> I, I try every yeah. once in a while. Like a couple weeks ago, um, I've been playing a lot with my air fryer. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And I decided I was oh, going yeah. to make like low fat, like air fried donuts. And um, oh, wow. it's just, they came out okay. I, I made them twice. The first time was kind of meh. Second time they were pretty, pretty good. But like, I just found it to be so labor intensive and like working with dough, mm -hmm. I find it to be very frustrating because it's very temperamental, like just the way it behaves. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I enjoyed that process. I liked eating the donuts. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I'd rather just go to Dunkin' or something because uh, right, exactly. it's just so much work. But it is yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you and I, we grew up like with maybe a family that inspired us to try experimenting in the kitchen. What if what if someone didn't have that, but they're hearing these stories and they say, you know what, this is something I want to try. What would be a good recipe you would suggest for somebody who wants to try to have success with cooking for the first time? Like something kind like of simple and easy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I love when I first started, I started making fresh tomato sauce, which is really, really easy. It is. I, I think people like are intimidated by that, that, but it's a very easy thing yeah. to make. Yes, it is. It's super easy. And, you, you know, you don't need to go crazy buying the cans. You could just buy tomatoes. That's what makes it. That's what makes the sauce fresh, you know, yep. and. I mean, it's simple ingredients. It's your fresh tomatoes, garlic, oil, basil, salt, and pepper. Yep. You know, so you can't really, and you can make a whole meal with that. You can put that over pasta. You can bread chicken. If, you know, you're good with that, you could bread chicken, either fry the chicken, bake it in the oven. Yep. You could put the tomato sauce on top of that. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, but I would stick to, you know, your first time, just try making fresh tomato sauce. Because once you do that... I feel like you could do anything once you start with that, you know? Sure. So it's definitely easy to make. For me, it was my first thing that I got down, Pat, was doing the fresh tomato sauce. And then after that, everything kind of came natural, you know? Yeah. I remember the first time so. I made tomato sauce and I I tasted it. I'm like, oh, man, this almost tastes like my mom's. Like, that was a moment for me mm -hmm. in my cooking. That was like a breakthrough. I'm like, all right, I could yes. do this. Yeah, definitely, sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. What about... um. Do you watch any cooking shows or any YouTube channels that kind of give you ideas or you just kind of base your inspiration off um, your family and what they cook? Um, I mean, I definitely just look at my family, um, you know, how my mom and my dad cook. And, you know, I do watch cooking shows, too. I I'm loving the show um, Guys Grocery Games. On oh, I never heard of that one. Channel what, Network. what do they do on that one? So it's a bunch of it's either people randomly that have owned restaurants in the past that go on the show or um, other chefs that are on the Food Channel Network that mm -hmm. go on um, Guy Fieri's show. And uh, it's based off of like a, they're in a supermarket and he times people, you know, they'll give them like three minutes and you have to make a dish with these two ingredients or anything like that. Every episode's different, mm -hmm. but you know, these people go crazy going all over the store, trying to get ingredients to make a certain dish that they have in mind. Then, you know, the timer's off and they have to go back to the kitchen. They have to make all these dishes and, you know, who forgets certain ingredients that are key in the recipe to make. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I forgot this ingredient, but all right, listen, like I'm here. I yep. just got to go with it. You know, I got to, go with the flow. I got to try to make this dish come out good, you know? So I like watching shows like that. Um, I watched this Italian lady. Her name's Lydia. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. She's yeah. Awesome. So yeah, she reminds me of my, uh, my grandmother. So, um, yep. so I'll watch her and like, you know, I'll like write down certain stuff like when I'm bored. I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV cause I'm constantly working yes. and things mm -hmm. like that. But if I do like, I definitely, go into the Food Channel Network first before I watch anything else, so. Uh, all right, Francesca, this was awesome. It was really great catching up with you, and um, I wish you the best of luck in dealing with um, the COVID situation in the salon, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the summer. Yes, thank you. It was good catching up with you, too. Enjoy your summer. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
This is Mr. Antonetti, and you're listening to the Chicken Nugget Day podcast. Finally, we're going to hear from Megan Rubin, who is a Sachem East graduate from 2009, and she is now attending culinary school in Rhode Island. Let's find out what it's like to go to school to become a professional chef. How you doing, Meg? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So just like every other interview, I, I need to know, especially coming from you, someone who's going to culinary school, just like my friend Jason, I feel like your opinion weighs pretty heavily. And I think people <laughs> would really want to know, what do you think is the best chicken nugget out there? So my favorite one, like if I'm going to a fast food place, would yep. be... Uh, Wendy's spicy nuggets. Another vote for the Wendy spicy nugget. My typical preference would be for me to make my own. I was about to ask you, yeah, do you make your own nuggets ever? I have in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't made them in a long time, which actually I want to, but um, I haven't made them in probably a year or so. But gotcha. I prefer to do that over getting them from yeah. someone totally understandable yep okay culinary student that's what you do that's right absolutely yeah (laughs) all right meg so tell us a little bit about yourself when did you graduate from sachem east so i grad it's a weird situation but i graduated in 2019 Mm -hmm. but i actually left from sachem east at um in 2018 and Johnson & Wales has an early enrollment program. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I finished up my, se- like my senior year requirements, which was just basic English, uh, criminal justice, and mm-hmm. gym. Um, so you and- started college before even finishing high school? Right. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's an unusual thing. About, yeah. all, about 40 students a year do it here. And there's like, I think... 2,000 or 3,000 students here. So, so, yeah, how did that work? Did you, you just did your high school assignments like electronically and submitted them online or something? No. So, basically, like my English and my criminal justice classes, I and economics, um, I just took them here and they counted for my electives here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. My high school requirements. So, Johnson and Wales has other classes besides, um, Culinary yes. type things? Gotcha. There's there's a whole nother half to the campus. It's not just culinary. So there's um, there, there's a lot of other majors, criminal justice, business, oh, wow. um, equine studies. So there's a lot here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would love to hear more about this school. It sounds awesome. So <laughs> what have you been up to since graduating? So you're attending Johnson & Wales. So tell us, um, I'm sure people would want to know, what, where is this college exactly? In Providence, Rhode Island, um, it's one of four campuses, which will actually, after this, after the summer or after the spring term of 2021, mm-hmm. they'll be closing two of the campuses, but um, oh, the one wow. I'm attending at is Providence, but there's also North Miami, um, Denver, and... I think it's Charlotte, one of the Carolinas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But so is this a school, Johnson & Wales, is this a school that you had your sights set on early on, or were you thinking about attending other types of culinary schools along the way? So my original, I, I had started, because I was a year early, it kind of threw everything off, mm-hmm. but um, I had gone and looked at SUNY Delhi. And I liked it and it was a SUNY school. So it was much cheaper, obviously. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then I got this opportunity when I was at BOCES to do um, an early, like I got a form to do an early enrollment program. And I right. me and two of my friends actually um, from the BOCES program, we ended up the three of us coming together. Oh, wow. So it, it was not a school that I had originally had in my sight line because I knew that it was much more expensive, but with the early enrollment, it made it a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And it, uh, and I was able to do something that not a lot of people can say that they did. Yeah. You're getting a, such an awesome like head start. That's so cool. 
Um, yeah. So you mentioned BOCES. I'm kind of curious. What what was the program that you took in BOCES that got you um, prepared to go on to culinary school? Um, I took the culinary program of BOCES. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set up as like kind of a half and half thing where half the year you do baking, half you do culinary. Oh, cool. I was one of the like there were two of us or three of us that just did straight pastry through that whole thing because I was going for competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I was practicing for competition during, while they were all cooking. So it was a little bit different, but it was definite, um, definitely the competition helped me prepare for it as well. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have basically a foot in each camp. You have a foot in the baking and pastry <laughs> camp and a foot in the cooking camp. Is there, or I should say you're trying to be a chef. I, I know it's a little bit different than just being a straight up cook, but is there, <laughs> do you favor one over the other or do you enjoy both equally? Um, that's a hard one. Yeah. I, <laughs> cause I've been doing both since I was seven or eight years old. Oh, wow. I enjoy doing both like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. One of my grandmothers taught me how to cook. The other one taught me how to bake. And I've just been oh, cool. both. I mean, since I was seven, eight years old. So well, more than half my life. And yeah. I, I want to eventually open up my own restaurant and be able to have an in-house bakery with that. So have all the desserts and the breads made there basically a one-stop shop for all things eating i like it <laughs> yeah. so just make sure that you open that in new york and not in florida because i need to be able to go to this place it'll be in florida oh, i'm not moving right. back to new york <laughs> all right i'll plan a trip and then i'll have to stop by your restaurant <laughs> okay wow so you mentioned that you've been baking and cooking since you were like seven or eight years old and you mentioned that your grandmother's um introduced that to you is that is that basically how you got into this as a hobby just because um your family was really into it yeah, so my my one grandmother who taught me to bake, she actually, before I was born, she had a, um, like, on, I'm not sure whether it was online or just, like, local, mm-hmm. but they had, like, a little um, chocolate business, so they would oh, cool. be chocolates and stuff so she she had been into it for a really long time and i have three big boxes of um like index card boxes of recipes that's awesome i can look at i have the same recipes same measurements and everything else but it's in three different handwritings because it's from three different like three different generations and it's really cool to have oh that is so cool to have yeah (laughs) It's not something that everyone gets to say. No. Um, my, my, are... my, yeah. My, my mom has a few, a few recipes from her mom and uh, I, I hope to get some of those, you know, in the future as well. It's so cool. It's almost like uh, a history of the family in, in addition yeah. to food. It's that's really cool. Yeah. It's definitely interesting to look through and see what, um, <laughs> what was popular when, it, when they were cooking and everything. Yeah. It, there it's are funny. Some things that you look at and you would, if you made that now, people will go, what is that? Yeah, no, I, I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody. It's funny how foods tend to like be fashionable sometimes and then non-fashionable <laughs> again. Um, yes. You know what blows actually- my mind? Right now, I feel like donuts are super popular, whereas like maybe 20 years ago, everyone was like, ew, donuts fattening, you know, but now everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, specialty donut shop. And it's uh, in Providence. There's three. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's crazy for donuts. And like, I feel like recently the thing was like frozen yogurt and then that vanished. And now we're like in this donut era of, I don't know, trendy food. Is is there something right now that you feel like is really popular other than donuts or is that pretty much the thing? Um, that's a big thing. I've noticed like um, poke bowls. Yes, yes. Like sushi bowls. That's um, when you like go out with your food and try to catch Pokemon, right? Like... <laughs> Horrible joke. Sorry. <laughs> what is that? Um, what is this Pokeball thing? Like, what is even in that other than like a Charmander or something? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no clue. Yeah, neither do I. Um, but I've noticed that that's a big thing, yep. um, especially down in Florida. I mean, I know there's a few sh- places in New York too, but I've noticed that becoming more popular. And sure. it's also hard to say what's becoming popular from a culinary school standpoint because I 
like we'll we'll do something in a class and they're like well this is a modern take on whatever it is gotcha. so yes actually later on today um in my class we're doing a modern take on like a strawberry tr- shortcake oh nice so it it'll look way different and i'll end up posting those pictures but um it'll look way different than like what you would think of as a strawberry shortcake but it has the same flavors and everything. cool yeah, what, what's what would be a good example of like a classic, like something that never goes out of style, whether it's like um, a cooked dish or a baked dish, like something that they teach you maybe in culinary school that everyone is al- always familiar with. It's the way that these classes are set up, it's kind of hard to say because we only have <laughs> days in each class. So they go through the bare basics. We have a French Italian class, which we go through the classical French and Italian cooking. Um, there's global cuisine, which we do as, um, like we go, we have food from all over the world that we right. make in class. And then we of course have the more Americanized classes where it's uh, breakfast and lunch and we do eggs and we do sandwiches and stuff like that. Gotcha. And then dinner, which we do roasts and things like that. But yeah, so a little they expose you to pretty much everything, huh? Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, definitely in some of the classes that we one of the pastry classes that I took at the beginning of this summer term, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. I don't even know what to call it because <laughs> um, it's all over the place. Yep. I was in classic pastry and we go through classic French pastries. So even though we made Napoleon's. Oh, so good. We made a modernized version of it um, that we actually had started in the spring because it was all over the place. And then we put them in the freezer. But instead of the traditional stacked stacked high, we had them turned on their sides. And we had a delicate piping on it. And it was more decorated on the side of it so that you could see each of the layers. That's just more of a modern take on it. I haven't had a Napoleon in years. I think the last time was in Little Italy in Manhattan at this like really old school bakery <laughs> called Ferrara's. Um, good stuff. I, do you know? Do you know the history behind that dish? Like, why do they call it the Napoleon? Does that have anything to do with Napoleon Bonaparte? Like, I, do you know? <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, I, I I gotta look that up because that's interesting. Like, I, I wonder if Napoleon was just like marching through Russia, like chowing down on pastries. Like, I need to know what's going on. There. History behind it. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I can actually, probably look in my textbook and it probably <laughs> some of it, but I don't know if it'll give you as much as you would think. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I I love like the um, the intermingling between like food and history. Just there's just so yes. much there. It's definitely something that most people either they enjoy it or they're like, what is the point of this? No. It, yeah, it fascinates me because like if you think about. An, like a quote unquote Italian food dish, like, you know, that's maybe based with tomato sauce. If, mm-hmm. you, if, if historically speaking, like the tomato is not indigenous to Italy. So that that's not even possible unless you have like the era of globalization that followed, you know, after the Europeans came to the Western hemisphere. So that that kind of thing is just so interesting to me. Yeah, I, it's definitely something that people don't realize how intricate yeah. things are, because I have recipes that are obviously, as I said, very old. And like, I know there's history behind it, but I don't necessarily know it because it was from a hundred years ago right? or even older, some of them. So it's definitely interesting to learn. And that part of it is more of knowing about like individual, like your individual heritage as to like specific regions and everything else. And it's, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, totally. So you've been cooking and baking since you were a little kid. Was there a, a certain point in your life where you said, you know what, I want to make this my career? I was probably nine or 10. So after oh, doing wow. it for a year or two, I was like, this is what I want to do. And of course, you always get the typical questions when you're a little kid of what do you want to be when you grow yes. up? Mm-hmm. From at the very least fourth grade on, I was set on this. That's so cool that you knew from such a young age. And yeah, that's that's awesome. even being here. It's rare to find someone that is so interested in it like that, because 
um, like most people are like, oh yeah, I know I wanted to. And I'll ask them, how, when did you start cooking? Like, when did you really know this was what you wanted to do with your life? And they go 15, 16. Right. And then there's me turning around and saying, I knew I wanted to do this when I was nine or 10. Yeah. So what do you, so the whole point of this podcast series uh, on cooking is obviously to talk to people who are into food because everyone loves to eat. But also <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to illustrate this point that cooking has all these side benefits, like mental benefits. You know, it's, it's a, it's a good distraction. It can give you a sense of mm -hmm. confidence if you're successful. I, I'm curious to know what you, other than the fact that you get something to eat, what do you enjoy the most about cooking and baking? I, it, it's two, honestly two different things for mm -hmm. culinary versus pastry. Um, with pastry, I find it a lot more relaxing. Like I, I know you looked through my Instagram page and stuff, the cakes and stuff that I do, yep. that's really relaxing to me. Um, whereas culinary, it's it's two completely different beasts, which is yep. why I usually don't get people on either end doing both. Yes. Either one or the other is because pastry is so relaxed and calm, whereas culinary, you may be doing 20 dishes in the span, like 20 different things in a very short span of time. Right. And I, I enjoy the craziness of it in a way. Mm -hmm. Also enjoy the calmness of being in pastry as well. Cool. Yeah. Do yeah. you, do you find that when you have success with cooking and you get positive feedback that it, it, it does, uh, um, it gives you like a boost in your self-esteem and confidence? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a huge part of with confidence is just knowing, like, if, if I make something and I like it, and but then I make something and my whole entire family likes it, well, then you know, okay, I did a good job on it. Sure. It's It can be a huge thing if, um, if you're really into cooking of just knowing, okay, well, my family really likes this. Let me see how many different spins I can put on it yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So I know it's tough being that you cook and bake, but if someone requested like a Megan Rubin specialty, like your best thing to cook or bake, what could you pick one thing or is that too difficult? Um, well, I mean, if, if, if we're talking one thing across culinary and pastry, mm -hmm. I have a bit harder of a time doing that. Okay. How about, <laughs> how about one in each category? Is that, is that doable? Yeah. Cul culinary. And of course, uh, my family loves this, which is why I love making it, um, is beef Wellington, which Ooh. is a much nicer dish than um, <laughs> some families will get um, just randomly. Um, I bet a lot of people have never had that. I've, I've heard the dish. How, how exactly is beef prepared in a Wellington? <laughs> it's um, beef tenderloin. Okay. You like sear and make really like dark brown on the outside of it. Right. And and you brush it with Dijon mustard and um, there's a duck cell, which is basically chopped up mushrooms cooked with thyme and garlic. And it's really yummy. Sounds <laughs> and, awesome. And then um, either Parma ham or prosciutto and puff pastry. Ooh. Yeah, it, it's, that, it's that, very, that has to be on your menu when you open your restaurant it, for sure. It's a very decadent dish. It but sounds like it, yeah. family loves it. I've made it quite a few times, and whenever I go home from school, my brothers immediately request that. <laughs> Smart kids, I like it. Okay, so what about in pastry? What's your specialty there? Pastry, my specialty a lot is um, cakes. Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy doing cakes. Um, if on, on my Instagram, actually, um, the it's a little bit further down because it was actually my competition cake, um, the Beauty and the Beast cake, which is like all yellow. Um, that was for a competition, but I enjoy doing cakes so much, and cool. I I come up with all sorts of random different flavor combinations. I made a s'mores cake, a chocolate oh, nice. cake. Um, cookies and cream, which is just uh, Oreo cookies in the cake, and then uh, like an Oreo pudding filling, I'd say. That sounds like heaven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So 
I know you're on track to, you know, make this your career, but let's say someone is listening to these podcasts and they're thinking to themselves, you know what, I want to give cooking or baking a try. What would you tell a complete newbie as a, as a recommendation for getting started? Like, what would you do? Um, one thing that I noticed from getting started, especially, I mean, it's a little bit of a different perspective being in culinary school. Yeah, sure. They teach here, even as the basics. Yeah. Um, but one of the really important things in my breakfast and lunch class that we did was we learned how to make a proper French omelet. Okay. Most people, and you say an omelet and it's like, okay, well, it's eggs. Like, it's not that interesting. No, there's an art to it. It's not as easy as it sounds. Yes. Um, I mean, definitely having, like, we had a practical for it, but we were made, we made them five days straight until we actually had our assigned, like, our practical exam. Mm -hmm. Basically, just they grade the actual product. But it's, there's definitely a technique to it and learning the small techniques of just something as simple as an omelet can be a huge step because if you understand the even science behind it, yep. it helps to make it a um, like it helps you understand for future things. So like just by doing the omelet, you you're learning a lot more of the scientific end of it, which most people don't look at cooking and go, oh yeah, it's scientific, but it really is. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking to myself about it and like, yeah, if you just mastered that, that one thing that would, those skills involved in making an omelet would definitely translate to other dishes. Cause you have to mm-hmm. know a thing or two about the amount of oil to use, um, temperatures, when to yeah. flip, you know, that uh, sauteing, maybe your main ingredients that go inside the omelet. Right. So yeah. yeah, there's a lot involved with that. And I think that's a, that's a good thing too, because if you could just master one meal, you could, you, you could always have eggs for dinner too, you know? So it's, yeah. a, good, it's a good starting point. That, that was something yeah. I learned early on too, was how to make a decent uh, omelet. Good call. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely, it's not, necessarily like a french omelet you're not necessarily going to get in a diner or whatever usually right things in them but a french omelet is just a base like it's eggs and if you want to put cheese in it but it's more about the texture of it than else and learning about how to manage the heat with that actually helps with the pastry side of it oh Um, interesting because the, of course, I'm getting all scientific with it. That's okay. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the coagulation of the eggs, you yep. then that translates to making ice cream bases and oh, wow. creme brulee and like all different types of custards and things like that. Awesome. So, so your 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 basic recommendation would be um, start start with, start, start with the basics, like um, <laughs> an omelet, scrambled eggs, anything else that would be a good like starter thing to learn. I have trouble remembering like what I started off with. Yeah. I think I just jumped right into it because, of course, being seven or eight years old, you're not like doing everything by yourself. So it was sure I, I started off with with cooking. I started off making gumbo, but that was more about oh, wow. learning knife cuts and how to hold a knife at that age. But um, wow. like just if you it depends also looking at it as a hobby versus go like, okay, maybe I want to go into it as a field. Yeah. So let's say we're starting off with just that um, cooking and baking as a hobby. And maybe, maybe um, someone's growing up in a household where their parents are not really into cooking. Um, is there a place that you would recommend people go to maybe watch people learn how to, you know, make an omelet or um, the basic skills? Like maybe a, is there a YouTube channel that you think is pretty good? Yeah, there there is. Um, I think it's called. I have to look it up, but yeah. I think it's called Chef Steps. Chef Steps. Yeah, and they have very good um, instructional, like step by step videos. They have some more advanced things on here, but stuff as simple as basic breads, and actually, there's the beef Wellington on here too. Oh, cool! Um, I'll definitely I'll put a link to that in the uh, the show notes <laughs> if someone wants to check it out. That's cool. 
I mean, okay. it's even stuff as simple as chocolate chip cookies. Right. And they show you and, literally every single step, like in, in a video, how to make it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so cool. it's, yeah. And it's definitely something, especially with pastry, it's more about the precision than anything else. Cause yep. pastry really is a science. If you yeah. put too much water, it's not going to turn out. If you yep. put too much flour, it's not going to turn out. So yes. it's mm-hmm. like, for pastry recommendation, I would definitely say be willing to look into the science of it. Um, <laughs> if you're just going to start off and go, okay, I'm going to make this, you, it may not turn out the same way. It's tough, yeah. It, it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was definitely like the basics classes for us being in culinary school is learning how to make a hollandaise and learning how to make mayo those aren't necessarily things you need to learn at home. Whereas maybe learning how to make like a, a roasted chicken or something like that in right. the very end of it. Cool. Okay. And then um, let's say someone's really into this and we're thinking about making a career out of it. Um, what would you tell somebody who's maybe let's say going into high school and thinking, Oh, I want to work in the food industry. Do you have any advice for them? Well, definitely going into high school, I would say if the school offers culinary classes, which I know East does, or at least did. Take those classes, yeah. (laughs) Take them, even if they seem like the one class that I took, it ended up being, um, we didn't cook very much. It was more learning about how. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like more of the scientific end of it than actually being in the kitchen. Right. Definitely take advantage of a tech program if the school has it and really make sure that you want to pursue this as a permanent thing before you jump into it. Because you may start off like I know some people here would start off as culinary and then they would get into the these labs and decide that they didn't like it and right. then have to go and switch in a, almost a year into it. So it's definitely important to make sure you're really passionate about it. That's, out, that's great advice because in high school, it. yeah, in high school, you have the opportunity to give it a try before you leap into it. And I feel yeah. like anytime you have that opportunity to give something a try, that might be a career, take advantage of it, whether yeah, it's cooking sure. or any other field. And I think BOCES is a great option for lots of different career types. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that kids have that opportunity. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it was definitely it wasn't as beneficial to me as I was hoping it would be, but that was just because of the track that I was following. Gotcha. That was and you, you probably itself. went into it with so much experience already. Maybe was it a little bit boring at times? Cause you already knew so much. Well, so because I was preparing for competition, I competed with um, skills USA um, with doing preparing for the competition. I didn't necessarily get the experiences that gotcha. a, another student would have gotten because mm-hmm. I mean, literally practicing making cakes, making icings, making fillings for pretty much the whole year. Right. Um, but if you do, and you have to take advantage of those opportunities for sure. Even if so much as I know, sometimes it can get a little expensive, but like, um, I participate in the Mohegan Sun Wine and Food Festival. And that's through the school that we went and we volunteer and we actually work with celebrity chefs. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I met Alex Gornichelli. Um, there were a lot, a lot of people that I met. Um, so cool. Sounds like you're really on your way, which is outstanding. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very... Um, like just take advantage of whatever opportunities that you can find. Right. If you have an opportunity to go watch people do demos, go for it. Yep. And even though like you may want to participate, just even going and watching the demos, if they see that you have an interest in it, maybe they'll invite you up to come help with whatever that demo is. Sure. And definitely use whatever you can find to your advantage. Don't just let it pass by. 
All right, Meg. So this was a great opportunity to learn a little bit about making a career out of cooking and baking. Um, is there a place on social media where people can find you and see what you're up to? Yeah. So I have an Instagram page, um, chef underscore Megan H. And I have, I post as I'm going through school. So some of it you can tell is at school because they're more like their cleaner presentation and everything. But right. I have some stuff that I do at home on here too. And awesome. you just, I mean, you can see my whole progression from doing different things. And it's, I post there multiple times a week. Awesome. So people can check out what you're doing before you become the world famous chef on the Food Network. <laughs> awesome. I love it. All right, Meg. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I wish you luck when you go back to school in the fall. Thank you. This is Mrs. Valiant, and you're listening to the Chicken Nugget Day podcast with Mr. Cellini. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Chicken Nugget Day podcast and our three-part series on the benefits of cooking. I hope these episodes have inspired you to give cooking and baking a try, since there are so many great reasons to do so. As always, stay safe and keep working on becoming the best version of yourself that you can be.